You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We are a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, So if you have found us through them, welcome aboard. We're glad to have you here. Uh, And if you're a longtime listener and, and not familiar with the Hockey Podcast Network, Please be sure to check them out. Uh, We are so glad that you are here with us today. Uh, I'm your host and the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson. Joining me in the studio each and every week is our Rocket Sports Media president, founder, and editor-in-chief, and he's the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. Happy Shrove Tuesday. Fosnacht Day. We call it Fosnacht Day here in Pennsylvania Dutch Territory. Well, sure, it's and Punchki Day, and and but Shrove Tuesday is before Ash Wednesday, and the whole Lent thing. So you have your pancakes, donuts, don't any sweet things. Yeah, stuff your face. Use up, use up all of the uh, the wheat and flour in the house and sugar. All right, use it all up. <laughs> uh, now I want donuts. Did you bring any to share? No, I did not. Okay, well, I'm taking a rain check on that. My brother got some punchkis, so I have to ask him how they turned out. Did he send some to share with everyone? <laughs> I don't believe he did. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have plenty of, of hockey to talk about today. We've got another special guest joining us today. I'm very excited about uh, about this appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, should mention a couple of things. If you missed last week's episode of The Press Zone... We understand. We'll forgive you. And there's an easy way to correct it because it's really one that you don't want to miss. Um, if you go to the presszone.fm, uh, that's our full archive, and you will find last week's episode, which featured, uh, you know, biweekly, um, Patrick Williams joins us for the AHL Hot Stove segment. Well, last week we had a fourth chair pulled up to the table uh, and none other than Laval Rocket head coach Jean-Francois Ull joined 
uh, myself, Rick, and Patrick for the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, it was an exclusive interview uh, with JF, and uh, we talked about a lot of things about his uh, coaching philosophy, uh, his his take on player development, what it's like managing uh, players who are at very different stages of their careers. Um, lots of great information from JF. Trust me, you don't want to miss that if you're a Habs and Rocket fan. So again, go over to thepresszone.fm. Check out last week's episode. Now this week... Uh, but I know what you're thinking. What? Week old, uh, week old Fosnots, not that good. Week old Poonchkis, not good. Week old... Bismarck's, not good, but a week old press zone podcast, still great. Still good. It's really good because of of uh, the head coach of the Laval Rocket, Absolutely. That's Lots of great things. So, I, I mean, even the, the two-week-old podcasts, the <laughs> month-old podcasts are terrific. We just put them in the freezer until you were ready to... To consume them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're all about preserving. <laughs> um, so today, we uh, if that's not exciting enough, uh, believe me, you're going to love listening to that podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, today, we're in the first segment. Of course, we're going to go back and take a look at how the Laval Rocket has done uh, in their recent slate of games since we all met here last Tuesday bring you some exciting news uh, regarding the Laval Rocket on a couple of different fronts. But then in the second segment, we are joined by another special guest this week. Her name is Frederique Colorette. You might not know her name, but I guarantee you're familiar with her work. She is the Laval Rockets coordinator for communications and media relations. She is the media relations person for the Laval Rocket. She runs all the Zoom calls. She does all of the uh Press and community PR and so forth for the Laval Rocket. And Frederique is actually uh, relatively new to her position with, with Laval. Um, she's been in that position for a few months now. She's going to join Rick and I in the second uh, segment today. And she's going to talk to us about the role she plays with the Laval Rocket, how how broad that role is beyond just, you know, it's, it's a little more than coordinating player press conferences and Zoom calls. Um, she's going to talk about what it's like working with the Laval coaching staff and the players and how she helps them, uh, you know, with with doing press and things like that. She's going to talk a bit about, you know, women in hockey and and her heading up this particular role, Chantal Maccabee heading up the the communications department at the on the Montreal Canadiens side, so much more. So, Rick, it's going to be a really good interview uh, coming up in the second segment. It's a key role in helping fans get their information. She's she's the key link between us and the players and and the coaches, and uh, so you're going to want to hear this interview. Absolutely. Uh, so that's coming up in the second segment. After that, we are going to give you a preview. We've got some exciting news here at Rocket Sports. We've got a brand new weekly video uh, column that's coming out starting this week over at the All Habs YouTube channel. We're going to give you a sneak peek of what that's all about, uh, as well as get you all set for the AHL report coverage we'll have coming up this week for the Laval Rocket uh, and over at allhabs.net for the Montreal Canadian side of things as well. So lots so, of It's so good. Just go and subscribe now. Sight unseen. Really? Yeah. Go to uh, <laughs> youtube.com slash wow. allhabs, subscribe, and then you'll be all set when we tell you what's going to be happening there. That's right. You don't, it, just like you should be already subscribed to this podcast, The Press Zone. If you're not, just 
look down, look down at your phone, hit the subscribe button. See, it's done. It was painless, quick, easy. Uh, but yes, head over to YouTube and, and subscribe there as well. Don't forget to hit the notification bell. That way you'll get notifications in case you don't remember that the video comes out every Thursday. Um, you know, you know, the press zone comes out on Tuesdays. The video segments come out on Thursdays. Canadians Connect. We don't want you to have to keep track of it all. Just subscribe and hit the notification bell. And that way we'll, it, the apps will just tell you. We like it that way. All right. Let's get started with some coverage of the Laval Rocket. Um, they wrapped up their road trip uh, since last we talked. They wrapped up their road trip with a second game in Toronto that we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and then they finally got to go home to kick off a seven-game homestand that they're going to play in 11 days, which is... It's a lot of hockey. It's a lot of hockey. And then after that, I think they go... It, they, yeah, there's a lot of hot because of all of the shutdowns and pauses and things of that nature in December and January. Um, March is a very compressed schedule for the Laval Rocket. Uh, April, April is a bit too. So lots of hockey happening. Uh, so lots to talk about. We're going to uh, starting with that um, win in Toronto last Wednesday. They uh, came back. You know, it, it was an interesting game because Toronto, they had a little trouble with Toronto. Uh, earlier in the week, but um, they came out and it was, it was, it was completely back and forth. You know, Laval would score, Toronto would tie it. Laval would get a go-ahead goal, Toronto would tie it. Laval would take a lead for a third time, Toronto would tie. It. That, that happened four times. Toronto tied them four times, uh, but Laval finally came out uh, victorious in that one. Rick, I think it was definitely needed to end the road trip on a high note. <laughs> for sure, especially as you said on the Monday they. Uh, had been beaten six two by mm -hmm. by the Marlies and and uh, but a really uh, you know the, these two have the same uh, these two franchises have the, the same kind of rivalry as do uh, the NHL clubs so um, it, it was it was a really competitive game it was they were of course very pleased to get to go home finally though uh, but as I say. They knew there was a daunting task ahead of them once they got home because they were staring down, a, you know, seven games at home, which is great. Uh, they'd be welcoming fans back into the building for the first time at 50% capacity. So lots to get excited about. But those seven games would be played over the course of 11 days, which is essentially some back-to-backs. And when it's not back-to-back, -back, there's only a day off in between. And so um, last week when... Uh, I believe it was last Friday before they kicked off this homestand. And after the morning skate, I asked JF Uhl, um, you know, it's a lot of hockey in a very short period of time. Uh, what's really your strategy? You know, AHL guys are used to the grind and the travel and those types of things and playing three and threes. And But this is a lot of hockey in a very short amount of time. What's going to be the plan and key to keeping your guys fresh throughout this this little stint? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, as a coach, you always worry about fatigue and stuff like that. So for us, it's going to be uh, try to remain fresh, give the players some days off, maybe some optionals, maybe get some fresh legs in, uh, into the lineup if, uh, if, we, uh, if we can, if injuries come back and uh, get a little rotation with some players. Um, you know, and it's important to have good starts because you don't want to be chasing the game. If you're chasing the game, then it takes you a lot of energy for the next day. And then by day five of level of uh, seven games, it's uh, it's tough on the body. So, uh, you know, hopefully we could uh, have good starts and then play a smart, uh, smart game. It's um, 
yeah, as you mentioned, uh, 7 and 11, if you even go and expand that, it's uh, like 11 in 14, yeah. uh, thereabouts. Uh, it's it, a lot. It's a lot of hockey, difficult on the body, and um, as, as he correctly says, um, you, you can help yourself out by not chasing the game, by getting out to a good lead, to having good starts. That was that was a problem for uh, Laval last month. They seemed to have turned that around a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, th- that's that's one way of of uh, conserving energy. And he mentioned some things like he's going to have days where there's just an optional skate, and that was uh, that was today actually. It's an off. It's not a game day for them today, uh, but they only had an optional skate this morning and no media availability. So taking it easy. Uh, He also mentioned as guys come back off of the injury list, uh, he'd be able to rest guys, meaning guys are going to rotate in and out of the lineup. We actually saw that in last night's game, Monday night's game against Cleveland. Gianni Fairbrother came back uh, and we're going to we're going to talk about Fairbrother later in the segment, but Gianni Fairbrother came back from injury for his first game back, uh, and everyone wondered why suddenly Josh Brook was out of the lineup, who's also recently back from injury. Well, um, you know, the defense has been playing very well. Gianni Fairbrother needs to get in, um, and with Josh Brook recently coming off of injury, I'm sure his conditioning isn't quite there yet, so this was a good way to rest him. Uh, as as JF just said, he's going to do that. He's going to, as guys come back off injury, he's going to rotate other players out uh, to keep them fresh so that the next game he can pull them back in and they're not going to be so fatigued. So he's got a plan. Mm-hmm. He's got a plan. It's all laid out. Um, so... They kicked off the homestand with a back-to-back against Belleville starting Friday night. Uh, played very well. Uh, only gave up 20 shots against Belleville with uh, Caden Primo and Nett. Um, JFL was was very pleased about this when he talked a lot about how, you know, there's four, he still has four centers out with injury. Um, and so he's got guys like Danik Martell, who's a winger playing center. Uh, and he's talked about how, you know, Really, he can rely on all four of his lines. He's he's getting production from all of them. Uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly actually hasn't, you know, he's he's done a serviceable job when he's in the lineup so far, but he's actually managed to get on the scoreboard a couple of times uh, this past week. Um, and he's mostly been on the line, uh, on Cam Hillis's line, uh, also with Alexander Fortan on wing. And Smith-Pelly was asked about, you know, being the veteran on on that line, are you inclined to you know are you imparting knowledge uh, to the to the younger players the fact that your line seems to be um, producing well and 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 the coach seems to trust uh, that line to go out even in some pretty key situations and this is what Smith Pelly had to say. You know, I, I know how it feels to to be on the fourth line and. Um, you know, might be gripping your stick because, you know, you're not playing so much. You don't want to make a mistake. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, just let them know that it's, you know, it's, you know, it's all right to, to try and make a play that there's skilled guys and they can. And I, and I think, um, you know, you, you got to try and find a fine line between playing it safe and, um, you know, playing the role and also helping uh, contribute offensively. So they're doing a good job. Those guys are, like I said, they're, those guys are both really good. Yeah, you can't you can't let that get in your head that uh, the line that you're on determines how you play. Um, you're in the lineup for a reason. The coach wants you playing a certain way, and and uh, uh, particularly if they're rolling four lines, you can't. As as Smith Pelly said, um, 
you ignore what line you're on and, and just play your game. And and I was pleased to hear uh, the the praise for for his line mates, including Cam Hillis, calling calling them skilled uh, players. And it's funny that you mentioned that, Rick, because it's, you know, Devontae Smith-Pelly is talking about it as being on the fourth line and playing fourth line minutes. But is it really the fourth line? Um, I, it was most most of the press room kind of chuckled a little bit uh, last night after the game. Our Chris G was was in the press room uh, after the game and asked J.F. Uhl about um, the third and fourth line have been producing a lot more lately. Um, you know, are you looking for the for the top two lines um, to 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 start stepping up a little more with with offensive production as well, like the third and fourth lines have been doing? And and JF with a smile and and a bit of a chuckle kind of looked right at him and said, "Well, now those are your bottom two lines, not my t- bottom two lines." So uh, it was a good reminder that you know just because there is a lineup doesn't mean that the coach necessarily sees his players as assigned to a, a certain hierarchy in that line, uh, particularly when they're all producing. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And, and it may change, it, you know, uh, that lineup comes out before the, the, uh, by the, put out by the team before the game starts. Mm-hmm. And, and the coach is going to make um, changes on the fly, um, to either the lines themselves or to the ice time, depending on who's going that night. That's right. So they don't they don't sit lockstep in in um, in in numbering those lines and stay that way start to finish in the game. That's right. Um, but I, it was it, it it was a it was an interesting moment uh, for sure. Um, now, unfortunately, you know, Rick, you talked about how last month the Rocket had a bit of trouble getting good starts consistently. Well, that kind of crept back in a little bit on Saturday uh, when uh, they played Belleville again in the afternoon. And this, um, my goodness, they they played well through two periods, um, were up three to nothing, and then out of nowhere, complete collapse in the third period, gave up four unanswered goals and lost the game. Um, it, this, this was a game that I only, I only saw the first two periods and I was, I was shocked <laughs> at the final score. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it, uh, it got ugly. Um, and, uh, between the players and JF, you know, they, they admitted that it's, uh, certainly a learning lesson, um, and going back and watching it was, you know, they were going to use it for video, uh, teaching an awful lot. Uh, first let's hear from JF. This is a kind of a, a combination, but this is two of his answers put together on just in general, his reaction to that collapse, uh, against Belleville and, and what he saw as happening. As a coach, it's, uh, mind boggling sometimes. Like I, we had a day <laughs> off yesterday and the coach that I am, I came down to the office and I watched the last 10 minutes. Just I just want to refresh it in my brain. And to me, we were shorthanded for six minutes in the last 12 minutes of the game. Just that alone is something we have to, you know, maybe those some of these penalties weren't warranted, but it's part of the game. You're going to take some of those. Uh, two, face, uh, two face-offs caused two goals. The last goal and the second goal. Very, uh, so, you know, shows you how important face-offs are. And then... Maybe I should have called a timeout, but then we had two TV timeouts with, within after the last two goals. So 
uh, you know, all kinds of little things like that. I want to better myself. Our team wants to get better. So you learn from those, uh, from those uh, days. Should say that all that noise in the background is not us. That's uh, the locker room when when um, when he's talking. But um, you you see, uh, even by by the the point of this uh, press conference, he's still processing that game in mm-hmm. his mind. He's still replaying uh, what happened, decisions that they made, deci- plays that his team made or didn't make on the ice, decisions he made um, or didn't make. Um, it's it's something that that uh, he's trying to always improve the club, and he's 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 still processing it. This was two days after the game, and as he said at the top of the clip, yesterday was our day off, and as he put it, like the coach that I am, on the on my day off, I came to the office and I watched the last ten minutes of the game because I wanted to understand it. Um, I commend him for the fact that you know he's pinpointing the discipline was an issue in the last twelve minutes of the game. He's pinpointing that faceoffs were an issue, were were the direct cause of two of the goals, um, and I and I give him a lot of credit for the fact that he's also saying maybe I should have called a timeout. I didn't think I needed to because there were two TV timeouts, so I didn't. Maybe I should have. And and it really shows, um, as you say, Rick. He's he's always looking to better the club and better his team. But he even said it right there. He's always as many years as JF Uhl has been coaching in his career he's still looking to get better and he's still looking to improve and i i admire that and you have to admire the transparency there yes that that he is second guessing one of his decisions um no that that's that's very admirable it very it very much is um so he talked about um six minutes of penalties in the last 12 minutes of the game, which were an issue. He, uh, he went a little further to talk about why, as far as the style of play that he has the Laval rocket playing, why that was such, I mean, yes, on the surface, you can understand, okay, six minutes of, of PK time in 12 minutes is not ideal, but why for JF Uhl is that an issue with his bench? And here's how he explained it. I thought we rolled all our lines, every line played and one after the other four lines, but you know, they, they were coming in waves and just, just playing. And yesterday, because we took some penalties in the third, I couldn't roll those, those four lines. And we got off rhythm yesterday and I could feel it on the bench and I could feel it on the, like the fourth line didn't play for, for a long period of time. And that's not ideal for the way our team is built right now. We like to go one line after the other, and everybody's got the, the perfect energy when it's their time to go. And it's been a success for us this year to, to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, that's that speaks to the depth of, uh, of this team right now. Well, that gets back to what we were talking about earlier as far as, you know, you'd, you'd expect top line to be, you know, double shifted at times or or more. But but that's not how uh, in his, in his uh, system of, of play, style of play, the pressure, it's making sure that everybody is, is rested and, and goes out. Um, the, as we've said a thousand times, uh, the AHL does not publish ice time, um, but publicly. Um, but if, if, if they did, we would see something more, evenly spread out as, as far as the four lines, then, then we might uh, expect. That's why in his mind, he doesn't necessarily see these lines as one, two, three, four. It's, it's different for him. And he actually talked about that uh, in this. There was another clip in the same press conference where he flat out said, I looked at the ice time and 
it, it was either this press conference or the next one, but this past weekend, he's talked about the ice time and said, I went back and look at the ice time because the coaches get the ice time. It, we just, those, do, sta- yeah. those stats are just not publicly available. And he flat out said, um, everybody's getting about the same amount of ice time. Um, so, yeah, he was very forthcoming about that. So I, I just thought, you know, I very much appreciate uh, how good J.F. Uhl is talking, is how how well he describes uh, not only his strategy, but but analyzing what has happened in a game and communicating it not only to the media, but you know that if he can communicate it this well to the media, that he's communicating it well to his players as well. Um, and uh, he's he's a very good X's and O's guy. Um, I, it's it's always you always learn something listen, listening to him. So coming off of that, that was a that was a tough game for them to lose on Saturday. Uh, and then that brought us to Monday, uh, a rare Monday game. They actually play Monday nights on back to back weeks. Um, it's very odd, <laughs> uh, but they were facing um, they were continuing the the homestand, uh, welcoming the Cleveland Monsters into Place Bell for the first time this season. It's actually the first time because of the cross-border issues. Uh, it's the first time the Monsters had been to Place Bell uh, in quite some time. Um, and I asked I asked JF uh, on Monday morning after the morning skate um, if it was, you know, after a month of slogging through nothing but divisional play. I mean, before, this was the last day of the month. The entire month of February before that, they played nothing but North Division opponents. Um, and now Cleveland is a North Division opponent. However, it's not one in the regular rotation. Um, and so just asked him, you know, is it, uh, is it a little refreshing to, to face someone that you guys haven't seen all season? And, and uh, apparently the whole team is definitely thinking that. That's funny you talk about that because in our morning uh, meeting this morning, the guys were excited to listen uh, to the pre, you know the the pre scout uh, of a, a brand new team that we haven't seen all year because you know it's it gets old with the you know the Belleville and the Toronto and so so the guys were attentive and and it was fun for us to pre scout the game uh, of a new team you know no like uh, you see different things that different teams do so yeah the guys are really excited to play a, a different team tonight. Yeah, you, you, you. Well, we saw in in February there was four times Belleville, four times Syracuse, and um, you know you, you prepare the 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 teams every four other teams every game, and you come in with the pre scouting information, and guys are just yeah yeah we know we, we've heard that before. This this all of a sudden you've got their attention, you've got the players' attention. They're very alert because you haven't faced this team yet this season. And he, you know, went on to say um, the second question I'd asked him was, you know, just because Cleveland is last in the division um, going into Monday night's game, both Cleveland and Laval had won three of their last five games. So they were they were performing equally uh, going into last night's game. And and JF agreed that, yeah, can't underestimate them. They've got some good players. Um, and so the game against Cleveland was very tightly played. A uh, little bit of it, definitely a feeling out period. Uh, ended up going to a shootout. Laval did win that in the shootout. Um, it's funny. Uh, there was some some penalty issues again in the third period. And JF in the in the post game uh, said at one point uh, he chuckled and said. Um, I did get a little scared tonight in the third period. I thought, uh-oh, here we go. Uh, but uh, thankfully, uh, all was all was all turned out well, uh, and they won 
in the shootout. Now, as we mentioned uh, at the top of the segment, it was Gianni Fairbrother's first game uh, back uh, from his injury. He'd been out for a number of weeks. And uh, J.F. Ull was uh, feeling pretty good about what he saw from the young defenseman. Excellent. Thought he was good. He was physical, moved the puck quick, hard to defend. Uh, he's heavy in front of the net. He picks up sticks. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a defenseman that he's still young and he's got a lot of uh, a, a nice growth of development in front of him. But uh, I like his competitiveness and his grit that he brings to our team. He's just 21 years old, um, a third round pick in 2019. And so, and, and has uh, had some in injury issues, 23 games this season. Um, it, it really high praise um, from the head coach there about Gianni Fairbrother. Uh, he, he brings a different dimension. He's, he's, he's very physical. Um, and, uh, you know, folks need to when they're coming down the wing need to to uh, mind where he is in <laughs> on the ice. Absolutely, uh, glad to hear uh, his first game uh, impressed the head coach, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, as the week moves on. Now, of course, if you want full reports on each of these games that we've just talked about, this was just kind of a here's who won, and let's let's actually just hear from the coach. Uh, and some of the players uh, about those games. But if you want the full story, if you want a full game summary, all the stats, uh, video highlights, and all of the audio post-game from each of those games, not just the clips that we played, then you'll want to head over to AHLReport.com. Uh, between myself and Chris G., uh, we always combine to present you with a full comprehensive game recap, uh, multimedia game recap. So be sure to check those out, um, and uh, you'll, you'll find out all of the information that you need to know. Um, as far as the injuries go, yes, Gianni Fairbrother uh, back, as well as Kevin Waugh, he was back off of the injury list. That still does leave those centers out. Lucas Vedemo still out. Alex Belzeal still out. Brennan Gignac still out. And uh, Jean-Christophe Baudin, J.C. Baudin, all still out uh, with injury. Uh, before we started, uh, just before we uh, started recording today, Rick, great news for the Rocket from the AHL. Uh, they released their, they do their Player of the Week awards, but then at the end of every month, they also do Player of the Month awards. And Laval Rocket goaltender Kevin Poulin uh, was named the AHL Goaltender of the Month for the month of February. Congratulations to Kevin. Uh, 5-0-1 record, 163 goals against average, and a 945 save percentage. So he had a terrific month for the month of February. He did. Turned aside 171 out of 181 shots that he faced, which is pretty darn good. Uh, and uh, he was, he, you know, he's he's held court pretty well uh, while Primo was called up to Montreal. Uh, and now that Primo is down, um, Primo is getting the bulk of ice time. Um, but right now it seems uh, Poulin is going to get some of the Poulin played in the shootout against Cleveland on Monday night um, because of numbers like this uh, in February. Uh, JF is is hesitant to to move away from him right now as Caden Primo's backup. So for now, uh, we'll see mostly Caden Primo and a little bit of Kevin Poulin sprinkled in uh, there. Uh, the other great news from the AHL for Laval Rocket fans that uh, we found out 
in this past week was that, well, third time is hopefully the charm. Uh, after three, after two years of it being postponed, uh, the AHL announced that in 2023, the Laval Rocket will be the host for the AHL All-Star Classic weekend. Of course, that's the skills competition and the All-Star game. Uh, they've tried to ho- hold it in Laval for the last two seasons, but due to COVID-19 uh, protocols and restrictions and and so on and so forth. It's had to be canceled both of those years. But Rick, I think uh, I think everyone in Laval is pretty excited that they're going to get one more crack at this. Very excited, and and it's uh, not only the last two years they that uh, they've been waiting. Uh, the the roots of 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 the All Star Game in Laval go back to 2019, and uh, we were in uh, Springfield uh, mm-hmm. for the 2019 All Star. Uh, uh, AHL All-Star uh, Classic. That's right. Uh, at the end of January. Um, it wasn't our uh, first all AHL All-Star game, but it was the first AHL All-Star game for Mark Wait- Wait- Waitman. That's right. Um, who at that time was part of the Laval Rocket looking after Plas Bell. And um, I remember we, we, we did an interview with him, a bit of a photo shoot. We were sitting on the players' bench uh, doing that uh, just to have a nice backdrop. And, and um, he said, you know what, I'm going to tell you guys something. Um, we're going to have the, the all-star game in Laval. <laughs> I promise right. you that. He said, keep it under your hats, but we're going to, we're this, going hard this is for a it. fabulous event yeah. and I'm, I'm going to push hard for this. Um, so Mark Waitman now, uh, the CEO for the Trois-Rivières Lions, uh, the ECHL affiliate, uh, played a big role in, in, in this happening. And I'm, I'm sure he has a smile on his face that finally in 2023, <laughs> uh, there's going to be an all-star game in, uh, Laval. That's right. Um, and actually the, the interview that we did with Mark Waitman at that time, um, is one of the things that is posted on our All Habs YouTube channel. Uh, so if you just go to youtube.com slash allhabs, you're going to subscribe while you're there. <laughs> All right. But also search for Mark Waitman and you will find the full video of that interview with Mark Waitman uh, when he was heading up uh, things at Plus Bell and and uh, looking after the Laval Rocket. It was a it was a great interview. Mark Mark was a, a joy to talk to. Uh, I'm sure he's doing great work down in Trois Rivières, uh, and uh, you can check that out at our YouTube channel. What we're going to do now, however, is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors at DraftKings. They've got some great incentives for uh, new users, particularly if you're an NBA fan. We know that uh, hockey fans enjoy sports of all kinds. Uh, So if you're an NBA fan, there's some special incentives for you. We're going to hear from them. And then when we come back in the second segment... Special guest, Frederic Colorette, the Laval Rocket Coordinator for Communications and Media Relations, is going to join us to talk about uh, all the fun that she has in her job. And I do say fun because she she just always says my job. It doesn't even feel like work. Uh, she, she loves it so much. She's going to tell us all about that right after this. Stay with us. You're listening to The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text to the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, episode 246. We're so glad that you're here with us uh, once again. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm the host of the show, joined, of course, by my fabulous co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, uh, at the Press Zone for this podcast. Also, be sure you're following the AHL Report. That's at the AHL Report. Um, it's the best place to get all of our live in-game coverage uh, for every Laval Rocket game. Uh, you can follow along uh, there. Uh, we give you updates throughout the game. Uh, you'll get uh, reminders and links to all of our original content on AHLReport.com. Uh, you'll also get this podcast uh, and things of that nature. So be sure you're following at the AHL Report and at the Press Zone. Well, Rick... We teased this on last week's show uh, mm -hmm. after after the, our AHL hot stove segment with Patrick uh, Williams, uh, where JF Uhl was happy to join us on the program for the second time this season. We kind of, you know, threw a little bone out there to listeners and said, don't forget, we've got another special guest coming up next week. And uh, sure enough, we are delivering on that promise. Uh, Frederic Colorette is with us today. Who is that, you say? Well, she is the coordinator for communications and media relations for the Laval Rocket. In other words, she's the one who gets those press releases out. She's the one you hear on all of the Zoom calls that are live streamed on Twitter. And uh, believe me, she does a lot more than that. Frederic, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hey, thanks, Amy. Thanks, for Glad to be here. All right. So I guess let's start with with hopefully uh, an easy question for you just tell us a little bit before you came to Laval tell us a bit about your your experience in sports communications prior to coming to the Laval Rocket yeah first I more started like in the journalist world so I wrote many articles but after that I was like ah you know what working like for a league or for sports team that seems fun so I completely switched sides and went on the more like a team management. So I went to, to communications in the QMJHL. So I did my internship there for months. And after that, that led me the job with the uh, Blavid Wally Armada. 
So, yeah, I worked there for two and a half years. Uh, I did kind of the same thing I do here in Laval. So I did, like, communication, community work, a little bit of marketing. So it really, like, helped me set the stage to a bigger stage here with the Laval Rocket. Uh, now I'm working here. I'm wondering if I can take you back uh, even further than that and, and talk about um, kind of your earliest hockey memories uh, growing up and, and, and getting into hockey and, and being a fan of hockey. Can, can you talk about uh, some of those early memories in hockey? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, my dad always loved hockey. And the funny thing is I was born in 1977, so I haven't seen the last uh, Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup. But I know, like, he always talked about the glory years of Montreal Canadiens and everything. And I was like, I was listening to him. And I, I think I was like three years old. I was three years old. I was watching TV with him. I remember watching players like um, Alexander Sovalev, Sakutu I was a little bit older at that time. But I just remember, like, watching hockey with him, explaining to me, like, okay, what they're doing, what that play, what the silly but when you're two years old you're wondering what the hell the goalie's doing (laughs) 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 the goalie's doing this he's wearing that so it really helped me get all my knowledge about hockey and for real i haven't stopped watching sports and it's hockey it's football it's baseball so i watch every sport with my dad and uh yeah he's really like my inspiration in sports he always like told me, like, go for it if you want to be a sports journalist, be a sports journalist. Don't, like, don't let nobody tell you you're not able to do it because I know you can. You have the motivation, you have the passion. So, yeah, it really started there, I think, at, like, three years old. Did you have a favorite player growing up? Oh, my God, I love Sovalev. Well, growing up, I love Sovalev. I also love uh, Michael Cavallari a lot. Uh-huh. But I think they were, these were my uh, two favorite players for sure. <laughs> well, now that you've come, so I, I guess this kind of leads into my next question. So let me ask you this first. Your dad must be uh, very excited now that you're working in the Canadians organization. Oh, my God. He is crazy about it. When I, <laughs> you know, I did the interview first. And, of course, I talked to my parents. I talked to my family, to my friends. And I didn't want to tell it, like, to too many people because I don't want, like, to disappoint myself and disappoint them. So I was talking to them being like, okay. I'm getting an interview with the Montreal Canadian organization. And I knew my, uh, my boss, Charles, before because I've been working with the Montreal Canadian actually part-time since 2018 uh, in the communication department. So, like, I wasn't that stressed because I'm like, I know him. I know my boss. So I think it's going to be fine. And it really did go fine, as you can see now. But, yeah, um, my family are so excited. And I often, like, tell them, oh, yes, I'm doing that. I'm managing this interview. I'm going to help uh, the Montreal Canadian with this um, this thing they need to do. So, yeah, they're really glad and they really support me in uh, everything I'm doing. So coming to Laval from, from the Armada, and like you said, you did some part-time work with the comms department in Montreal, uh, kind of on a lighter lighter note before that, but, but now coming full-time to Laval, what's your experience been like uh, with the Laval Rocket and just in the organization in general? it's just so much fun. It's the word. It's fun because I don't feel like I'm worth it working a day at all. I'm like, I'm coming to the rink and I'm like, I'm game days. I'm coming to the rink at like six and I'm like, okay, let's get this day started. And often I like get back home at midnight, 
to one o'clock in the morning. So these are like pretty busy days, but I'm like, it's so much fun just talking with the, the hockey staff, with the players, getting to know them, getting to know the marketing people, the salespeople. Everyone with the Oval Rockets is amazing. I, I can't say nothing more or less, you know what I mean? And they're so much fun to work with. And I just love my job. And I wouldn't change it for the, the world, that's for sure. So you came from uh, the Armada and did some work in the queue. And, and, um, but what's, what's the difference for you in your role between uh, junior hockey, uh, amateur hockey, and now coming to the Pro League, the, the American Hockey League, um, and, and kind of a different, a different feel uh, for, for players, for coaches, for, for even for fans? What, what have you noticed the difference in your role coming from uh, amateur to pro hockey? I think it's like the professional aspects of it. Like, for example, players like in the DHL, they have to be professional for sure. Like, they know they're going to have to do interviews. They know they're going to have like to do community events. And that's what I find like funny the maturity of the players because, of course, they're older. And in the queue, like, I had a lot of great players and a big shout out to the Armada guys. They were all amazing with me throughout the years. But I think it's really the maturity. Sometimes, like, in the queue, they arrive at like 16. Mm-hmm. So you're going, okay, you got to do an interview. And a lot of guys are French guys. And we're like, okay, we have an English interview for you. And some of them are like, oh, okay. Like some of them almost never spoke English in their life. So I think it's really like to help them be better and prepare their, them for the next step. And in the AHL, like the guys, they know what they're doing. So yes, I'm helping them with a few things for like, Okay, you could say this, you could say that, you can be like that in interviews, but they already know they're real pros. So, and same thing for the coaching staff. Again, a big shout out to the coaching staff in the, with the Armada, but they're they're pros here in the AHL for sure. So going in and tapping the guy on the shoulder, the player on the shoulder in in the locker room after a win is is easy. But talk about what it's like when. It's your role to have uh, players come and speak in a, a post-game interview after a difficult loss, too. And 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 what kind of technique do you use? Because you know, guys are are upset. They're emotional. The it, the interviews are right after the game. Uh, talk about the kind of the strategy that you use to go and talk to a, a player that maybe uh, it's not their favorite thing to talk to the media right at that moment. Mm-hmm. You, for the one thing I would have to say is always like stay confident. So you gotta go see the guy, for example, we lost, I don't know, four to three. You go see the guy and be like, I know you had like, I know this wasn't a good game. We lost in overtime. Like, you were leading, for example, the whole way through the game and then lose at the last minute. So I know it's not fun, but you know, there's media. You need to speak to the media. Uh, you need to like keep your shoulders up, keep your head up, be, be professional. And, they really always have been have been professional. It's crazy because, yeah, with us some games, some horrible games as players, like often they don't want to answer. Okay, what went wrong in this game? They're like, we lost. <laughs> That's what went wrong. <laughs> so now it's really like to be confident with them and be like, hey, I understand them. Be empathetic with them, like knowing like you know the situation and not be a robot. Like not be okay. Interview now. Not as these guys are humans. They're people with emotions so you got to be like careful with that and i would say one more thing it's easier i think when you're losing for example six to one 
it's easier to bring guys to interview than losing for the tree. Yeah. <laughs> because guys are like still opening the quiz till the very end. And if you're losing six to one, you kind of made up your mind you were going to lose like, I don't know, five minutes until <laughs> the end of the game, something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> So, so we know that the AHL is a development league, and they're learning they're learning the game. But um, is it also an opportunity for you to teach them about interviews? Do you do any kind of training with the players as far as, as far as how to present themselves? You say they're more mature, and and um, uh, you know they 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 treat it professionally. But do you do any any specific training with uh, the players around their their media appearances? I wouldn't call it training because I think it sounds like pretty formal and be like, okay, we're going to sit together. I'm going to open my PowerPoint, PowerPoint <laughs> and tell you to say it. Like, it's not it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, here's what's happening. For example, like we get a call up. We got a call up a few weeks ago. I think it was uh, Primo coming back to Laval, but they announced it during a game. So none of her players knew because we were playing and, during like the time of the interviews, like they didn't get on their cell phone. So I was like, okay, here's what's happening. Primo's coming back. And just like, you know what I mean? Like letting them know what's happening in the world right mm-hmm. now, what's happening in the hockey world, what's happening in wherever, you know what I mean? So it's really like short training, if I could say. Often I walk with them, I talk to them, and it's really like friendly and easy. I don't want like, to complicate everything and be like, okay, Here's what you need to know and talk for five minutes because I could talk to you for five minutes and be like, oh my God, what did she say first? I only remember the last aspect she told me. So <laughs> if we like keep it in short and simple, and of course, some like veteran players, they've been doing interview for a long time. So it's easier, of course, with them. But some young players, like 20 years old, they're, they're not scared, but it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of scary. Like sometimes you have a lot of journalists, you could have like, eight, nine, ten, and you're like, oh my God, I see so many questions, question in English, question in French, and it's, yeah, they can be scared, but my job for sure to help them at the best of my ability to, to get ready and be prepared. You and I had a, had a phone call recently just uh, coordinating some, some interviews and so forth, um, and, and we were talking a bit about, um, the role of the increased role that that women are playing in professional sports and professional hockey. And so now as a as a woman who's who's taken kind of the helm of the communications department for for Laval uh, for the first time in its franchise history, can you give me just your thoughts on um, when Chantal Maccabee was hired? Uh, you know, how how much you've uh, looked up to her or 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 things like that throughout your uh, journalistic career and so forth, but also just have you been able to talk to Chantal? How involved with you are, how involved are you with the rest of the communications department across Group CH and across the Canadians like uh, Charles, who's who basically you've replaced, who was promoted to to the Canadians and Chantal, Guillaume, and, and so forth in the department? I love the question because I looked up to Chantal, my life when I was young like what I'm telling you I was three years old watching TV I was watching Chantal I was watching her like talk I was like oh my god she's good she's a woman she's strong and I was like three or five years old when I said (laughs) that and my dad was like yeah she's one of the pioneer in the sports world and if you work hard enough you can be like her so of course I looked up to her and 
it was funny because when I heard the news, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's crazy what's happening right now. So I really talked to, to Charles, to Guillaume, to Tim with the Montreal Canadiens, and they were all so excited. You know, like we saw on Twitter, there was no negative comments about Chantal whatsoever. Like everyone was happy. Everyone was like, that's the right decision. And it was received really well with like all the team here in Laval, in Montreal. And just working with her and, like I said, Young, Shao, Tim, they're all so great. I was at the Montreal Canadian team a few weeks back, and I got to meet Chantal for the first time. And she was just so fun. And, like, it was practically like my doors always open, so you can talk to me if there's anything. Like, just, like, being able to be open about that and not, like, feeling the stab between Laval and Montreal. Like, yeah, we're not on the same level, but at the same time, we're like the same team, same organization. So, like, they're really super open, and I know they're only a phone call away, and they're always reply. So, yeah, I'm just really glad that the team we have now, and it's going to be a fun uh, rest of the season and fun season next week and next uh, year for sure. Now, in in the AHL, there are uh, there are pretty good rivalries between certain teams uh, on the ice. Um, but what we've found is that the AHL, at least the the people that support the operations of the AHL, it's it's a it's a pretty big family. So, uh, have you been able to interact with other communications officers from other teams, or maybe you've watched um, something something that uh, they do that you like with respect to social media or community initiatives and and kind of pick and choose ideas or bounce ideas off of uh, uh, some other um, communications officers from other teams? Yeah, the beginning of the season, I would have said, like, I haven't met anyone. Of course, I was more staying in Laval, doing home games, but I started, like, going on more and more road trips, and it's really, like, there. You meet, like, the people, you meet the guys at Utica and Toronto and everywhere, so, like, they're all super sweet, and I think for the community events this year it's hard because not a lot of teams have been able to like do a lot of them because of COVID of course so I think it's going to be more next year to see oh what can we do can we do like a, a joint community event together like I'm not going to tell you all my ideas for next year not now <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah I really hope like I can work with the, with the people there in Toronto and Utica like I said and they're also fun and it's been a joy like working with them from far. You know what I mean? The uh, text, the uh, email, the uh, cell phone call. So yeah, they're all really so, uh, so fun and supportive of like new people like me coming into the HL. Well, just as a, as a final question for you, speaking of next year, uh, you and the Laval Rocket and the AHL broke the news today that we're going to try for third time's a charm and that the AHL All-Star Classic is officially slated to come to Laval uh, in February 2023. Can you just uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the excitement about that, uh, particularly given the fact that it's they've tried to do it for the past two seasons in Laval and because of the pandemic, it's had to be postponed twice. Yeah. Uh, we're all so excited because we were really open to do it this year. We were really ready. Like everything was prepared, the community like events, we could not do like as much as we wanted to do, but everything was prepared, the events and the hotel were booked, the media, like credential, the setup was ready. And of course, when it got canceled, we were all sad, mad, disappointed. But 
like just knowing now that it's coming back to Laval, we're like, okay, so we did work on it. And once again, a big shout out to the sales department, to the marketing department. They're doing an amazing job on the, the offer classic. So I think we're just excited to, to like be a part of an event like this because crazy. It's the best player in the AHL. It's, it's going to drag like a lot of people to the Platzel. And no, we're just excited and it's going to be fun. You better be there guys in Laval. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we would, we would not miss it. That, that is for sure. Uh, well, Frederick Colorette, we are uh, so uh, happy to have you join the show for the first time. I don't think it's going to be the last time. I I, I imagine that uh, we're going to have you back again soon. Uh, you, she's the coordinator for communications and media relations with the Laval Rocket. You're doing a knockout job. Uh, thank you so much for all of your hard work, uh, your patience with all of us media folks. And just thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us and our listeners a little bit about your story today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Keep up with the great job you're both doing. Okay, see, now do all of you listening, do you believe me now when I say that Frederick says all the time that her job is so much fun? (laughs) It's fun listening to her describe how much fun she's having uh, with her job. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And you know, it's, it's a joy to work with her. Um, She is always very personable, very friendly, uh, very eager to, to help. um, And she's doing a great job. We very much thank her for taking time out of her very busy schedule to join us on the show. I don't think it'll be the last time. I think we'll have Frederick get back again Mm -hmm. sometime very soon. Uh, And we're of course coordinating with her for some upcoming interviews and so forth. Uh, Then she's vital in that process. So thanks Frederick. And we will have, have her back again soon. Speaking of coordinating with her for interviews and stuff, it's time for a little bit of a sneak peek preview. Um, we have a, I'm, I'm very, um, well, I don't know, I shouldn't say nervous because I'm not, you know, but it's kind of like, you know, you work on a project and you're about to launch it and uh, you get that nervous excitement kind of thing. And I'm very excited to announce that we have a brand new weekly video column that's going to be coming out Uh, That's going to start this week. The pilot episode is going to air this week. It's going to come every Thursday at the All Habs YouTube channel. Uh, Again, that's youtube.com slash All Habs. And um, it's going to be a weekly column called Habs Hockey Report, uh, hosted by yours truly. Um, Putting, uh, you know, Rick, it's, it's been difficult the last two years with the pandemic. It has completely changed the way that we cover the Laval Rocket, Uh, all of our... uh, Thousands of miles of traveling all around the Northeast to cover road games for the Laval Rocket has has unfortunately had to come to a screeching halt because of the pandemic. Um, and so this uh, this project is allowing us to kind of tap back into a little bit of of that on camera multimedia coverage that we used to bring uh, viewers all the time on our YouTube channel. Uh, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be kind of a, a, it's a combination of things. It's it's. Everything a Habs fan wants kind of all in one place uh, every Thursday. There's going to be a Habs segment that's, uh, you know, going to bring you the latest, uh, most important Habs news of the previous week. There's going to be a Laval Rockets segment where there's going to be um, clips from some of the postgame uh, pressers or, or morning skate pressers and so forth, but also exclusive one-on-one uh, interviews with Laval Rocket players and personnel. Uh, and then there's also a fan segment where 
of course, we always love to interact with our fans. So we're going to have a mail, a regular mailbag for, for fans to submit questions about, you know, anything regarding the Montreal Canadiens organization, whether it's the Canadians, whether it's Laval, uh, those types of things. Um, we'll have uh, some, some Q&A. Uh, and do you remember, Rick, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm All sure right. you remember the hashtag that, you know, All Habs Hockey Magazine is... People don't understand that it was it was All Habs Hockey Magazine that first initiated the hashtag Go Habs Go. Absolutely. People don't know that. No, they don't. Uh, now you do. <laughs> we popularized it and and actually had to lobby uh, the Montreal Canadiens to use it. Yeah, back in if like can, 2011. Yeah, it was somewhere around like 2011 or something when when they finally joined Twitter. Um, and you had already been using hashtag GoHabsGo uh, for a couple of years. Well, there was another hashtag that the All Habs Hockey Magazine um, generated and initiated, and fans loved it. And we are resurrecting it for Habs Hockey Report. And that is hashtag ShowYourHabs. Um, and ShowYourHabs was all about whether you're posting on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we want to see fans showing off their Habs gear, their fan caves, their adorable kids in, in gear or their pets in gear. Whatever it is, we want to see it and we want to share that with our community. Um, and so there's, that's going to be a portion of, of the fan segment as well is hashtag is showing off some of the, the people who are using that hashtag. So, hey. Start posting on your social media of of your favorite Habs gear and fan gear, fan ink, your kids, whatever. Just remember to hashtag show your Habs and you could see it on the show. Rick, top to bottom, I'm really excited to get this started. Yeah, um, we're, we're we're trying to give you the inf- have give you choices, give you opportunities to consume the kind of content uh, in whatever form that you want. So we have our our uh, websites for the written content. Uh, we have podcasts, uh, so you can listen and and uh, our YouTube channel. And, and these are things that we've been doing for the last dozen or so years, uh, but just refining it, uh, giving you something new, always refreshing it um, so that, uh, yeah, you stay the best informed Habs fans out there. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, plenty of information. There's going to be, as I said, exclusive content, uh, f- working with Frederic with Laval. Uh, we're going to bring some one-on-one interviews with, with some of the top players and prospects and, and personnel, which will be really fun. Uh, and then of course, can't wait to interact with fans and also get to help, uh, grow our fan community and let you guys see all the great see and hear from all the great fans uh, that celebrate the Habs and the Habs organization all over the world so it's going to be pretty exciting Uh, don't forget then to head over to the YouTube channel youtube.com slash all Habs make sure you subscribe and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there Um, Rick this week we are looking forward to uh, you said it at the top of the show uh, we we said seven games in 11 days and then you took that further and said okay maybe it's like 11 games in four, 11 games in 14 days so lots of hockey coming up this week uh, the AHL report team will have full coverage uh, Wednesday night will be a rematch against the Cleveland Monsters out on home ice Friday Saturday I can't wait for this one, Rick. Friday, Saturday is uh, a back-to-back series against the brand new Abbotsford Canucks. This will be uh, they are brand they are now the Vancouver Canucks, 
uh, AHL affiliate having moved out of Utica. Uh, and this will be the first time uh, that they're coming to Plas Bell. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Love their logo. Love their logo. Mm-hmm. It was. It's a very, very, very good good logo. Uh, and then before we meet again here next Tuesday, there's one more game they'll play Monday night where they'll host the Springfield Thunderbirds on Monday night. So some really... Uh, Charlie Lindgren. Char- I, I wonder. Maybe. I wonder Maybe. if Charlie will be in net. Who knows? Uh, it'll be interesting. <laughs> he already got the win against the Canadians. Will they look to have him get the win <laughs> against Laval as well? It could be uh, could be pretty interesting. Um, and uh, we'll try to see if we can uh, even maybe catch up with him Um for for a quote uh, around that game. So lots of great content coming. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Rick, there's a new Canadians Connection podcast coming out on Saturday, correct? On Saturday, Canadians Connection. Every Saturday, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, and if you want to check out back uh, episodes, canadiansconnection.fm. Those you put in the freezer as well, they're still good. They're good. They're really good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and I'll just be- put them outside, you know. Well, that's true. You probably could mm-hmm. in Canada. You can't, I don't think you can do that here in Pennsylvania, but our Canadian listeners could. <laughs> um, I'm, and I'll be joining you for that podcast. So that'll be, Great. that'll be a lot of fun. Um, we just want to thank you so much for, for joining us here on the Press Zone every Tuesday. Uh, we've got lots more great things coming your way. Uh, and uh, Patrick Williams will be back with us next Tuesday for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. Can't wait to see what we're going to bring you in that one. It's always a lot of fun uh, having Patrick on the show. Uh, and Rick, I thank you very much for, for everything today. It's thank been a great you. show. Mm-hmm. And Fabulous. we know there's a lot of fun hockey coming up this week. The Habs are on a Western road swing, uh, kicking off tonight in Winnipeg and Laval's got some great opponents this week as well. So stay, uh, stay tuned, make sure you're following at the AHL report and we'll see you back here again next Tuesday for another wonderful episode of the press zone right here on rocket sports radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.